0: What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. And good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter, host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising and Jeff Bell.
1: The Senate opened confirmation hearings today for Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson, who began to share her life story
0: and judicial philosophy.
1: Republicans on the Judiciary Committee made it clear what their lines of attack will be, even as they acknowledge that they don't have the votes to block her nomination.
0: For more on today's opening day of the hearings and what may lie ahead over the next two days of questioning, we are joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Jessica Levinson, law professor and director of the Public Service Institute at Loyola Law School in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for being with us once again. Um, What stood out to you today from, from this opening day for Ketanji Brown Jackson on which we got set pieces, you know, speeches from the participants, but no sparring with the nominee just yet?
1: I, honestly, I think what stood out to me is that we really shouldn't have this day at all. So we have 22 senators giving 10-minute speeches ostensibly about the Constitution and the Supreme Court, but maybe not actually about the Constitution or the Supreme Court. I think we saw, you know, to be slightly more serious, what we saw is that Senate Democrats essentially read Judge Jackson's resume with feeling and emotion, which is basically what they should do in this circumstance, and Senate Republicans coalesced around a few lines of attack, as he said in the introduction, I think the idea that she's soft on crime, the idea that she's funded by dark money. And then we heard a lot about um, somebody who's already on the Supreme Court, we heard a lot from Senate Republicans saying this isn't going to be a circus like Justice Kavanaugh's hearing. So Interesting how the ghost of those Kavanaugh hearings really loomed large. Professor, I'm curious for your thoughts as to what uh, Judge Jackson herself had to say today. She she pledged to be neutral and nonpartisan in the court. was Was that enough to satisfy Republicans at this point? Probably not. I mean, honestly, I don't think that there's anything she could say or not say that's going to sway a lot of votes. And that's largely the name of the game when it comes to Senate confirmation hearings. I mean, this is uh, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote this in a memo trying to advise Justice Sandra Day O'Connor when she was going through her nomination process, where he basically said, try not to get into any specifics but just answer in a smart way. And that's going to be the name of the game, avoiding specifics, saying she's going to be neutral. Everybody says they're a blank slate until they walk into those chambers. And then, you know, suddenly they're allowed to have the philosophies that, of course, they've had their entire lives. So she mentioned this in her remarks, but she has been confirmed by the Senate three times already. Uh, How could this time be different? Well, it's interesting. I think we're already hearing from people like Lindsey Graham, who voted in favor of her confirmation for the D.C. Court of Appeals. Well, this is different when it comes to the Supreme Court. There's a different threshold. Now, she, of course, hasn't really done anything surprising on the D.C. Court of Appeals, other than, in my opinion, write some very thoughtful rulings on the scope of executive authority and the scope of executive privilege. But I think you're seeing Republicans lay the groundwork for why three of them voted in favor Of her confirmation to the Court of Appeals, but now maybe won't do this for the ultimate Court of Appeals, the nation's highest court.
0: So, do you see anything or did you hear anything at all that suggests there's any chance she won't be confirmed to the High Court? I mean, even with no Republican votes, you're probably looking at 50 50 and then Kamala Harris breaking the tie, but there's a good chance she will still get a couple of Republican votes.
1: So, you know, I feel like save the tape for when something really surprising happens and I'm on record saying absolutely not. She's going to sail through. I think the expectation on both sides of the aisle is that she will be confirmed. It will be very narrow in, you know, potentially with the vice president as the tiebreaker. And if you listen to Senate Republicans, I really didn't hear from them. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but I didn't hear from them the idea that they think, She won't be confirmed. It does seem like both sides feel like this is a fait accompli. I mean, you could always have something strange happen. This is the Senate. But right now, I think she she gets by Um, and there probably aren't a lot of big surprises. We could probably, frankly, script out the next three days uh, with some accuracy with Roe versus Wade's essentially uh, hanging in the balance before the current court. How much do you think abortion is going to come up during these hearings? So I think that everybody in the room probably understands that Roe v. Wade will no longer be the law of the land by the time she gets on the court. That's my prediction that the court will overturn Roe at the end of June, beginning of July, and she's not set to take the bench until right around then. So, but that doesn't mean they won't ask her about it. Everybody knows that, you know, her views could affect, if particularly if she's on the bench for 40 years, her views could affect what happens to this doctrine in 20 years, 30 years, 40 years. So they'll still ask and she still won't answer as every other nominee still doesn't answer. They say it's settled precedent. And in this case, I think even more so than in other cases, she'll say this is before the court. I can't weigh in and that would be improper. You mentioned in your initial remarks uh, how much Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation process came up today. Is there anything in place structurally that would prevent, or or could there be put in place anything structurally that would prevent that from happening in the future? Well, you know, that was a unique set of circumstances, and I I tend to think that it maybe wasn't particularly useful for the Senate Republicans to say that in the sense that it reminds us that he was accused of sexual assault. And I don't know that that does a lot of work for him. Now, structurally, could you do something to prevent that? So you could you know, change the number of witnesses. You could change the witnesses that you hear from. You could alter the scope of investigations. There's nothing in the Constitution that says it has to be four days. The first day has to be senators giving speeches. The next two days are a question and answer. So you could make this much shorter um, and Arguably, the public might not lose a lot. But again, that was a fairly unique set of circumstances. I don't know that it's likely to repeat.
0: Well, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you have to have confirmation hearings at all, right? I mean, this is a fairly recent phenomenon over the last century or so. Um, I'm wondering, you know, Justice Thomas is in the hospital. By all accounts, he's going to be fine. But how much more politically charged would this be if she were an appointee to take, say, his seat and not Stephen Breyer's?
1: Well, it's such a good question. I mean, it would still be a, at that point, five to four conservative court. But of course, when we do have uh, replacements that either change the balance of power or would change the, um, that particular seat, then they tend to be more contentious. I, I will say that You know the confirmation hearings just have changed a lot over the past decades. It used to be, you know, are you qualified? And even if you didn't agree with a person's philosophy, then you would in many times vote to confirm them. That's not the case anymore. It's just going to be very narrow. Um, So, yes, I think that's right in this case. It's not that it's low stakes because these are nine incredibly powerful judges that affect our lives in so many ways. But it's understood that when it comes to the quote unquote big issues, the balance of power with Stephen Breyer on the court is six to three, and with Judge Jackson on the court will be six to three
0: all right well, thanks so much we'll watch it over the next couple of days and See what lays ahead. Jessica Levinson, law professor, director of the Public Service Institute at Loyola Law School in Los Angeles on the opening of confirmation hearings today for Judge Ketanji Brown Jackson to the U.S. Supreme Court. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on Twitter at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS.